What if your kid wants uh, a spouse? <laughs> now we got like a Noah scenario. <laughs> Well, Nate, I think it's time we talk about a movie. Let's do it. (laughs) So you listening right now, listener, (laughs) you're joining us right as we talk about the movie. But. But Nate and I just talked for 25 minutes. (laughs) 25 minutes in. (laughs) And we talked about uh, Church's Chicken, restroom etiquette at public establishments. Duke's Mayo. The history of Duke's Mayo and uh, Big Mayo, buying Duke's Mayo, a whole bunch of podcast gold i mean like to be fair 75 percent of it is gold <laughs> I, i'll agree 75 percent. that feels like a, a generous percentage yes anyway if you would like to hear all that which i think the church's chicken conversation is pretty good you can support us on patreon and get access to it right now mm. along with many other bonus episodes including uh we do the general knowledge quiz and your dad and wife are guests on that one yes jacob and i did one the week you were gone also we're going to talk about a movie, but if you did not listen to the previous episode with Valerie Scheiber, our interview with a real-life feature film animator, you should definitely listen to it because it's pretty fun. So cool. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Valerie. I definitely nerded out over even just listening to it. I thought, ah, oh, this is a cool podcast we do. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And what's even cooler is you don't even know what movie I'm about to announce right now because we actually have a couple we could do. I don't eat. I, I do not know, but I need to say this before you announce the movie. Okay, yes. It does feel good getting back to our core competency because before the interview, which was a special episode, right? we had my brother Jacob on. You and him did Dark Phoenix, right? which was great to listen to. But I, I want to say it does feel good to be back to kind of our originally scheduled broadcast yes back to just me and you i'm sure we will have other special events in the future and more guests that's right but it is nice to get back to our gravy train (laughs) that's right and that's because today nate and i are discussing the movie called passengers starring jennifer lawrence and chris pratt i had seen this movie around for a long time and and neglected to watch it I, i had not watched it for a long time Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh you said hey we should do passengers did you watch this on a plane no i did not watch it on the plane but i think i watched another movie that made me think of passengers and think <laughs> okay. i think i watched it before we started doing this podcast oh okay okay very good but it is a movie that has sparked a lot of conversation and i definitely wanted to have more of that conversation with you yes and i would love to spend probably a majority of the time asking a couple questions of what would you do in this scenario absolutely that's definitely a big part of it and i also really like i really need you in this episode Stephen, because i need to know if this is a good movie or not Mm. i yeah i have never had such a bad grasp of my own personal feelings about a movie you know i agree so the rotten tomatoes for this movie 31 percent critic score Mm. this is not a critically acclaimed movie Mm -mm. yet 63% 63% audience score. Mm-hmm. Now, I've talked to a couple people, too, and they're kind of like, meh, about the movie. Yes. And I was surprised. I was surprised because I thought I enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know if I enjoyed the conversation about the themes of the movie or the movie itself. There comes a time when you watch a movie <laughs> and the theme is so fun and so interesting. Yes. That I think it does gloss over a lot of the like 
Well, we'll talk romance corner a little bit later, but in, in some ways that doesn't seem as important to me as like the main premise of the movie. Yes. And you're right. The would you rathers right. that you would have after watching this movie. So for those who have not seen it, you can obviously rent it. It is also on FX now. If you have like a cable <laughs> subscription. <laughs> hey, Steven, how many of these things do you actually have? I don't. Oh, you just saw I, this. I don't. You don't actually have FX now. I, no, I do not. And let me tell you, I tried to watch it through FX now, through some free trial of their mm-hmm. premium service. Mm-hmm. Next to impossible to get that thing to work <laughs> on an Apple TV. Let me just say. So FX, get your act together. But anyway, it is on FX now. If you have a cable subscription, you can log in there and watch it. So the premise of the movie it is the future. They are repopulating some other paradise planet on the other side of the universe. And people pay extraordinary amounts of money to be put into a hibernative cryogenic sleep, mm-hmm. take a 120-year space journey asleep, mm-hmm. and then wake up at this other planet and live in paradise. Homestead 2. Homestead 2. And so the movie takes place on one of these ships carrying 5,000 passengers from Earth to Homestead 2. It takes 120 years, and somehow this cryosleep keeps people the same age that they're at because it slows down whatever metabolic function. And it goes through an asteroid field, and the ship is damaged. We don't know to what extent, but it's clear that it's damaged. Another note here for the space nerds, uh, there should be no sounds in space. Again, we hear a bunch of explosions, (laughs) a bunch of asteroids, and I think even some wind whooshing. But anyway, it's beside the point. Asteroids hit it. And it wakes up one of the 5,000 passengers, namely Chris Pratt's character, Jim. And through him exploring the ship and understanding what's happening, he is the only one awake. And he can't access the crew or he tries to send a message, which I thought was That's a good part. moment of hope. Yep. He, right. And he tries to send a message. And the computer's like, that'll be $6,000. And he's like, whatever. And it's like, well, your message will arrive in 55 years back to Earth. And you'll get a response 14 years after that. It's like, what? Or right. something crazy. Like, that was a good uh, plot device there. So it's like, okay, that's also hopeless. Like, you have no contact with anybody. And where are we? We are in transit from Earth to Homestead 2. We will arrive at approximately 90 years. What? We land on Homestead 2 in 90 years, three weeks, and one day. No. Wait. Now, Chris Pratt, as an actor and seeing him on screen, I like him. Mm-hmm. I like him acting. And actually, in the first portion of this movie where he's doing a castaway mm-hmm. solo acting job, basically, mm-hmm. I think he does pretty good, and I enjoy watching him, and he holds his own. Oh, I, I think, yes. I, I think the, he goes through a, a cycle of being like trying to make it work, trying to you know, wake up the crew, trying to do, you know, talk to alert someone, do all of this things. And then he goes down kind of a... Uh, eat, drink, and be merry, Epicureanism, just like, all right, well, no one's around, <laughs> like Home Alone style. Right. And then right. it goes from there to kind of like deep, you know, depressed state. Right. And I thought that whole part where he was playing off of himself, has, had he even run into Arthur, that bartender, yet? At some point early on, I think, yeah, because he gets excited to see another person. He does a great job, and we'll get to this in a second, but he has to. He sees Jennifer Lawrence... Her character, Aurora, he sees her in her pod. Mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest parts of this movie is when he is battling with himself Mm -hmm. over whether he should wake this woman up for company slash. Yes. Now, 
he is woken up 20 years or 30 years into the journey and there's 90 years left to go. Mm-hmm. So unless he is able to find some way to go back to hibernation, he will die on the ship before they arrive Right. alone. Right. He tries to find a way to put himself back to sleep and he cannot. So it is clear that unless he does, like unless something changes, he's going to live out the rest of his life on the ship totally alone. He will never see Homestead 2. That's right. And if he wakes someone up, they will never see Homestead 2. Right. And I also liked the beard growth as a signal of time passing. Absolutely. That was pretty good. So he begins to obsess over Jennifer Lawrence's character, Aurora, finds the manual for the pod. <laughs> a lot of manuals around the ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He figures out that he can wake her up, struggles with the idea, and wakes her up. Oh, and we have to say that he can't get in to the, to the crew. Right. Cannot. They are all locked behind door, right? Yes. And he's tried, like there's tools everywhere. He's tried to break open that door for a while. But he can access the other passengers. Right. That's why he can get to her. And, and he wakes her up. And now she shares his fate, which she realizes this slowly and goes through all the grieving that he does. You know, she tries to open the door to the crew and she tries to look for all the information. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. distraught and all that kind of stuff. How long have you been awake? A year and three weeks. No. No, no, no. No, this can't be happening. We have to go back to sleep. After some time, she comes to some terms with it, and they begin their relationship. Now, I would like to interject my first question here. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) And there is also a scene, let me mention before I ask, where he goes on a spacewalk because he can get in the spacesuit and he can float out in space outside the ship if he wants to, and he's tethered. The ship is smart enough to handle that. And he does consider just going into that airlock and opening it up and killing himself. Oh, yes, right. That's before he, wakens, he wakes her up. Right, before he wakes her up. But he does not do that. He can't do it, can't bear to do, make himself do it. So, Nate, at this point in the movie, knowing just what we know, would you have woken somebody up? This is this is a very difficult one because I think the noble thing now this changes but if you are him you don't have family or a wife on this right in this thing but like, right because we're going to get to that in a second <laughs> the noble thing to do is to either live out your days or to die and to not wake anyone up I agree that is the noble thing to do unless you see that the ship is in the ship is in danger of like crashing or if the thing that damaged your pod is like if there's damage to the ship then it becomes murkier then you should be like waking up all the other mechanical engineers like listen sorry you're not going to see homestead too yeah we don't know that at this point exactly so at this point (laughs) the the noble thing to do is to die (laughs) yes yes but would you Let me ask you this. As you think about that, what do you think my wife said? Because I, I turned to her because she watched this with me and I said, what would you do? What do you think she said? She said she'd walk out and that's and <laughs> untether herself and float away into space. She said she would wake somebody up. And in the movie, we, we learned that Chris Pratt waited a whole year yep. before waking her up. My wife was like, I'd wake somebody up way sooner than that. And then she seems, she says, uh, yeah, seems pretty biblical. It's not good for man to be alone. <laughs> it's, it's like, 
(laughs) Justify whatever way you want. Right. I mean, if there was, maybe if there was someone super old, I doubt there would be in the colonists, but I think I could justify it a little bit more if they didn't have a ton of life to live after we got there. Yeah. I think I would go out the airlock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would, I mean, I would try to last as long as I can. Right. Because I think what you could hope to do is create a life for yourself, maybe write a book or like do something to contribute to mm-hmm. the people who arrive and like can sure. read your manifesto. Right. Sort of make, but like, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe 10 years later I would fold. Right. I would probably set about doing this and then there's just something about isolation for potentially the rest of your life. Right. Now, the idea of waking up someone who that you hope to have a romantic relationship with? <laughs> Seems like a bad idea. Ooh-hoo. Now, I yep. would if I would definitely cuz there was apparently some station where he could look up the videos yes. that passengers recorded and learn about the passengers. Now, I would have 100% yeah. if there was an employee of whatever company owned that spaceship, 100% I would wake that person. Yeah, that's up. a liability thing. At that point in time, it's like, listen, your company did this. Yeah, like this is half your fault. So you're gonna you're in this with me now. <laughs> and at least that person might have knowledge to help get you back to sleep or figure something out. Yeah, or you'll kill each other. Mm. Either way. Let's move to the next question. And that is mm-hmm. for those listeners out there who have a married partner right. with you. Right. One, before you get on in a cryo bed with your wife, Stephen. <laughs> right. If you have a conversation beforehand, in case of emergencies, do you tell the other person to wake you up if they get woken up? And does it change if you also have your kids in cryo sleep? Yes. All of those have ramifications. Tell me. Tell me the answer, Stephen. Number one, they say in the movie that this had never happened before ever. Yep. And so I would assume you probably wouldn't have this kind of conversation. I don't even know why it would occur. Okay, let's say let's say you didn't have this you didn't have this this conversation. Right. If you and your wife, oh, we're going to take kids out of it for a second. Yes. You guys both get on this say, "Hey, when I wake up, we're going to be on this new planet together." <laughs> then you wake up 20 years later. Do you wake up your wife? I would not. She would wake me up. <laughs> I would probably not wake her up. Okay, but, okay, but, wait, okay. If you did not if you did not wake her up, would she arrive? Uh, obviously you laid your weary dry bones next to her thing <laughs> she with would be a little, furious <laughs> with a whole manifesto right that says like right. i i i loved you every day i was alive i thought about waking you up it starts with what had happened was but i want you to go find a new life on this other planet i did not want to take this from you yeah love always little kiss big kiss big kiss <laughs> little kiss steven and then she yeah. wakes up <laughs> She'd try to kill you again. Yeah, she probably would. I would defer. I would probably wake her up because she would want to be woken up. And I know she would wake me up 100%. Now, what about you and Jill? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think I would not. If we never had a conversation, I think I would not wake her up. Right. Unless I was super, super old. Right. I had that thought. And there was like, maybe I was able to make it until there were like 30 years left. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. Maybe then I would just wake up a ton of people and be like, You're, we're all, there's going to be 20 of us now. <laughs> you have no choice. <laughs> this is what happened to me. At least you're not me. Hey, you know what? Tough I luck. waited 70 years. Right. 
but I think having the conversation beforehand, the, it would be a lot easier for you know a yay or nay to like, hey, wake me up. I want. To, I would rather live my life out with you on this ship, yeah. and never reach this new planet than show up to the new planet by myself because you're bones. I think this also goes to. I don't know if you and Jill ever have this conversation, and maybe I'll cut all this out, but. <laughs> If and when one of the spouses die, uh-huh. will the other, or how soon after will the other get remarried? Oh, yeah. Oh, we've definitely had this conversation. We are very morbid. And so... <laughs> and what, what is the, the oh, general consensus? Oh, I definitely consensus? had the, like, I want you to, to go if, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get, get you know, find, find, find it again if you want to. Get and both of you feel the same way? Yes. Oh, yes. Now, I 100% feel that for my wife and she admits like yeah if you die it might be six months i don't know we'll see <laughs> <laughs> but, but for me i don't i don't know i think it depends on what age it happens at but i don't know if i would now kids the kid question yes the kid question this changes things it changes things and my wife was like wake us all up we'll just do swiss family robinson on the spaceship and like go for it i am inclined mm-hmm. i would wake my wife up and then I would try to, I would, we would go to that fancy French restaurant, uh-huh. have, a, have a quiet dinner together without the kids. And I would say, listen. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Yes. Did you say you would wake your wife up? Oh, wait had, a minute. Well. Yep, 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 yep. Here's the plan. You wanted your kids to show up orphans. Your kids would then show up orphans. No, we wouldn't. No, I wouldn't do that. Or you would have more kids on the flight and your kids would wake up to. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Let me think about it. <laughs> grandchildren that were their parents oh that's super weird mm-hmm. anyway what i was gonna say was my i know my wife would want us to all to be awake and we just live our lives out on the ship all of us i would take her to the french restaurant and try and convince her listen let's wait as long as we can then wake the kids up so they can at least still have time with us but then also have a whole life on the paradise planet you know what i mean yeah but you got 90 years but i mean if you wait 50 60 years and then wake them up and then they're like so you're saying you're going to be able to time your death you're going to be able to know when you're going to die pretty perfectly right you're saying that our days are numbered and and you know that number and well if if one of us dies then by default the other one just wakes them up immediately you know there's no redundancy then so you gotta do kids quick (laughs) quit sorry so yeah so i'm 80 years old yeah your dad's dead my bad I, t- I told my wife, I said, I probably would not wake any of you up. Yep. So you can all have a life on that planet. And I would just go out the airlock. <laughs> but my wife was not, she, she did not care for that solution. Steven, I am with you on that because okay, I think thank you. the idea of like, if we had kids, I think the idea is if I was woken up, I would say like, you and the kids can definitely have a life together on this future planet. Right. You have each other. Right. That changes a lot. Where I feel like, yes, me and my wife could live out our days, do our thing. It would be great. But I think do our thing and then be like, hey, by the <laughs> way, our kids are going to show up to a real strange letter when they get to that planet. <laughs> so, okay. But well, we agree then. Now let's go back to this movie because let's go back to the movie. Things happen in this movie that they are not married when they go to start this trip. He does not know no. her. She does not know him. No. Correct. Now, they enter a relationship. They both seem to fall in love with each other. Again, she is unaware that he woke her up. And then the robotic bartender, which I don't know if you remember the conversation. The robotic bartender knew that Chris Pratt woke her up. 
Yes, because he had been like talking to him about it while he was right. debating the decision. Right. And then there's a scene when both Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence go to the bar. The bartender, or Chris Pratt says something to the bartender like, yeah, there's no secrets between us. And the bartender's like, oh, oh really? Right. And Chris Pratt's like, yep, no secrets, which seems real dumb mm-hmm. to have said to the robot uh-huh. who's going to take you literally. Yep. And Chris Pratt leaves, and the robot breaks it to Jennifer Lawrence that Chris Pratt woke her up. He says something to the effect of like, oh, he debated for months whether to wake you up. Right. So glad it worked out or something. Right. And she flips out. Oh, he spent months deciding whether to wake you up. He couldn't stop talking about you. Jim woke me up. Oh, yes. He said it was the hardest decision of his life. Uh, Can we we just pause the movie here? Right (laughs) here is the pause. Yes. Michael Sheen, who plays the robot, is excellent in this movie. Yes, he is. To to like, he's kind of an MVP for me. Yes, out yes. of the three, like he is good. He is very good. He is very good. Even androids end up on the scrap heap. I'm your only customer. Why are you always polishing a glass? Trick of the trade. Makes people nervous when a bartender just stands there. So she discovers this. If you discover that someone woke you up. Because I saw some videos of you and maybe thought you were attractive because you were, Stephen, you're an attractive young lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. With, and a writer. Yes. How mad would you be? And slash, could you find yourself ever <laughs> falling in love with that person <laughs> again or having any sort of relationship with them? Probably not. I mean, I would be pretty mad. You know, the movie reframes the entire situation because the ship is falling apart and everyone would have died had not Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence woken Man, up and all this Chris stuff. Pratt's saving grace. Yes. That, and there's an option for her to go back into hibernation. Right. The fact that he can possibly kind of undo his selfish decision. Right. But barring the ship's malfunctioning and the ability for her to go back to sleep, like I'm surprised she didn't kill him. And there's that one scene where she almost does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that was intense. That and that was some good acting on her part. I thought. I mean, she did her. Yeah, her very like distressed, like crazy eyes, like right, really like the really angry. Like I could snap and do something to you. Oh my! It's goodness. really good, and I think it was like kind of part of how she kind of rose onto the scene with Katniss Everdeen and the whole Hunger Games thing. Is right. Like, I am put in this untenable situation, and I'm about to just lose it. Aurora, I don't want to lose you. I don't care! I don't care what you want! I don't care why you woke me up! You took my life! So she does great acting there. And anyway, so the ship begins to malfunctioning. They're avoiding each other. She's giving him dirty looks and screaming at him every chance she gets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, or they hear a voice, and it's Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> which I didn't know was in this movie. <laughs> and he's like, who planted a tree? How delighted were you to see good old Lawrence in this movie? Oh, it, it made my heart happy. I was like, yes, I didn't even know he was in this movie. I didn't look at the cast ahead of time. He's like, who planted a tree in my ship? I was like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, and, and again, I think Chris Pratt stands well alone. And Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence did a lot of, you know, just the two of them on screen. And I think they do a great job throughout the movie. So Lawrence Fishburne's awake. 
we discover the ship is having problems. Everybody's going to die unless we fix it. He's the captain, so he has access to everywhere. Right. Anyway, series of events. Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt end up working together to fix the ship. Intense final scenes of the reactor core or whatever, which... Metal popping out (laughs) and screws coming loose. and There's basically a fireball in the middle of the ship circling around that's been doing it for two years at at this point (laughs) right you know all that's happened is some robot fell off a counter so anyway yep well no well the pool scene is pretty cool oh yes yeah so the ship loses gravity at a point and jennifer lawrence was swimming in a pool and then like the whole water just kind of comes up as a big bubble and she's stuck in the middle i really enjoyed that scene that was really did very creative way of bringing tension that was very good yes that was fun and we come to the point where Chris Pratt has to open a door from the outside. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to the outside, opens a door. He gets blown away. Jennifer Lawrence rescues him in the spacesuit or whatever. Right at the last second, grabs his tether. They get back to the ship. When I watched this movie for the first time, I remember thinking, usually movies where people are flawed and do kind of a fatal flaw decision, which in this movie we could say that like, Although they're great and he's super likable, he does wake up Jennifer Lawrence Mm -hmm. that ain't great. Usually in movies, that hero does something super heroic at the end and die. Right. Like that's kind of the, it's the, like the anti-hero or the tragic hero is like, Mm -hmm. you kind of redeem yourself. You doc ock yourself at the end. Not that he was ever like super villainous, but like you kind of atone for your sins by doing a final sacrifice. So I was very ready for Chris Pratt to die in this movie and for her to kind of be able to go back to sleep. Right. That's how I guessed this movie was going to end. So I was very surprised he lived. Like at every turn, I was like, all right, he's going to sacrifice himself right. to the core. He's going to go outside and float into space or whatever. Even till the moment that she grabbed his tether, I had no idea whether he was going to live or die. Oh, because she dragged him back in and I thought, oh, he's going to die in here. Right. This is a new place right. for him to die in the ship. <laughs> Right. And she puts him in that like dock tube. And it's kind of a funny scene where she's trying to resuscitate him. Multiple procedures are not recommended. Override! Do it now! Executing. Like 60 things. Right. Things. <laughs> she just like checks them all. And the robot's like, this might not be good to do all of this at once. She's like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> it was a little funny. Yes. But uh, yeah, he resuscitates and all that. It, remind me again how Lawrence Fishburne died. Apparently his pod malfunctioned in the waking up process. Oh, okay. And so like his body was failing was from the moment sort of he scrambled. woke up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was scrambled. Got so it. he just kind of keels over in his uniform. Which is also kind of a nice scene. He and Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence are all kind of sitting together and he just keels over or whatever. Yeah, he was he was great till the end. Yeah, he was he was great to the end. Can I say that they have they now have access to this pod that can put someone back to sleep because after Lawrence Fishburne, like they have access to everything now. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say it's not an excuse for a company that because nothing's bad has happened before that you can't plan for something bad to happen. I'm pretty sure that's like security 101. <laughs> Redundancy. Like yes. Just, yes. Just because nothing has ever happened, we should still plan for something to happen. And the idea of like, hey, have some of these pods, you know, <laughs> you don't expect your cruise ship to go down underwater, but you still have lifeboats. Sure. <laughs> it's very true. 
Yes. And having something to hop in another pod in case yours malfunctions and put yourself back to sleep, there should probably be like an extra pod for every person. Just the fact that there was one medical pod for 5,000 passengers it just seems a little irresponsible. Like, yep. if you're going to have one, you might as well have none. But if you're actually going to have some to be used, like maybe 100 at least. Yeah, why not? Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that seemed a little ridiculous. But for the sake of the plot, <laughs> there's one. But, uh, yeah, so he offers to put her back to sleep. And we come to find out that she chooses to stay awake with him. And they live out their lives on the ship. And they grow a forest, basically, in the middle of the ship. And that's the last scene. Romance corner, Stephen. Let's get to it. Yes. Yes. Do you believe in Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, two beautiful people in love? In this movie, I believed them. It felt a little obsession-based rather than actual love from Chris Pratt's side. Or convenience-based. At first, yeah. From the middle to the end, like I did believe him. And I think I believe Jennifer Lawrence, too. I, harder to believe her recovering and taking him back. From his betrayal? from the betrayal but before she came to find out what had actually happened i believed the two of them how about you uh, i i had a hard time of them coming back together right. after that uh, well i guess it's a wonderful like uh, study in forgiveness and like the idea of like she could understand that he was losing it so the idea of being like hey i wish you had like instead of open me just like that you had just gone out yourself <laughs> is pretty harsh to say to someone right I guess she did the noble thing by basically being like, hey, I understand. I believed it sometimes, and then other times I didn't quite. I thought it was kind of like the movie Speed, where just mm. crisis brought you together again and again. But I'm not sure if I got the like the peacetime kind of love to last the ages. Yeah. The years. I have to warn you. I've heard relationships based on intense experiences never work. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Would it have been a better movie to have started the movie at the moment they see each other at the fountain? Ooh. And we don't know anything about what Chris Pratt went through for a year. Oh, that's good. Until Arthur says it. Steven, that's really good. And then maybe we get all, all the whole first part of the movie, but as a flashback. Okay, the idea that that whole, like, them meeting each other them going through like the recovery and like he kind of says like yeah i you know i woke up not too long ago i tried this too sort of thing right the idea of them kind of we see like their romance blossom and then the michael sheen scene with the robot telling him like you know he was debating not waking you up and we experience that betrayal at the same time that she does right and that lie right maybe it's very possible that that was an option right in this movie but we would viscerally have despised chris pratt's character so much because we would have been <laughs> feeling it along with her right that maybe in order to like give him a more because they could have even like gone back and done exactly the same scenes right so we could see how he got to that location but i think as the audience if we had ridden that roller coaster with her i'm not sure if we would have loved chris pratt as much as we were supposed to right but i love i love that as a movie i think that's awesome and i think you obviously sympathize with chris pratt because we spent the first half of the movie with just him right we were alone with him going like yeah right you, you're <laughs> right. thinking to yourself like what would i do 
Right. And so the, the question of would I wake somebody up if I was alone for a year is what everybody asks themselves because that's what they, they put themselves in his shoes for half the right. movie. Right. And so you, you immediately, I think everyone skews towards him because of that. But I just, I think it's an interesting idea, you know, if we. Right. But if we hadn't ridden that ride with him, I think right. we would have spent that whole time watching that flashback. Like, don't you wake her up. Don't do it. <laughs> right. Right. Please tell right. me you didn't end up doing this and this was actually a malfunction. <laughs> right. So I just thought that was an interesting idea. It'd be, I think it'd be a very different movie, but be interesting would i think it would have been better well here's a question for you if you're chris pratt and you woke her up you woke up aurora lane journalist and writer yes would you confess right away that like hey i'm on the verge of like ending it all and i need company and you like your videos you seemed great would you have just led with that and let her like all of that fury and rage just kind of like happen all at once I feel would you like just bury that. See, I'm just saying, I'm not sure if I could bury that forever. The fact that you exist on this plane with me out of false pretense. I feel like to lead with that would kill any chance of having any kind of relationship with the person. Because if she had no, that's more on the second date. <laughs> if she, if she had no connection to him whatsoever, like she might've hit him in the head with that crowbar <laughs> in that scene. You know what I mean? Like, right. I would have locked myself in my room for about a year until she got over it. Right, if if even then. So again, that's why I would go out the airlock before I even try it. So anyway, I would love to know your rating for this movie. Okay, but before I get to that, I have a couple facts about this movie. Oh, okay, I've done yes, a little please. research here. Yes, yes. At one point, so this film has been in development for a long time, had some issues, like, but the original script was written in 2007, and this movie came out in 2017. Mm. But at one point, the film was going to star Keanu Reeves and Emily Blunt. Interesting. And then when those different things did not work, or those two actors did not work out, some other actors that were rumored to be attached to the product project were Reese Witherspoon hmm. and Rachel McAdams. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just saying... Chris Pratt and Rachel McAdams. I was wondering if Bryce Dallas Howard was ever in the running. No, no, she was never rumored to be connected to this project. I'm so sorry. I was just just curious. If you had to choose. Now, I think Jennifer Lawrence did a a fine job on this. If you had to choose Keanu Reeves or Chris Pratt. Still Chris Pratt. Okay. Now, Jennifer Lawrence, Emily Blunt, Reese Witherspoon, Rachel McAdams. I feel like the only other choice would be Emily Blunt. I agree. I'm kind of with you, with you on that. I could see Emily Blunt being in that role. They need to be both romantic and also murderous. <laughs> like, like they need to really go the full spectrum. And like I could see Emily Blunt doing that. I don't think I could see Reese Witherspoon or Rachel McAdams doing it. By seeing that list, it actually made me think like, you know what, Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt, not bad casting. I would never change Michael Sheen from that robot guy, let him stay there forever, and Lawrence yes. Fishburne absolutely stay there forever. Yes. But the idea of Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne both appearing in this movie, that might be too close to Matrix. Yeah, my, that's too much. It's too close. For my liking. It's flying too close to the sun there. Absolutely. Okay, so that was just a few more. That was just some interesting trivia for you. And then my final uh, little piece to add to it is that 
This movie was nominated for an Academy Award. Oh wow! For best production design, huh? It did not. It did not win. It also was nominated for best original score. Did you notice the score in this movie when you watched it? Not that much. I'll be honest. I don't remember much of it. But yeah, those those in those two categories, it was nominated. It did not win for either of those. That's interesting. I would like to rate this movie on a scale of zero to five robot bartenders. Arthur. Zero to five Arthurs. Do you want me to go first? I do, because I need your help. I need your help. <laughs> okay, so I've been thinking about this. I really enjoyed this movie, subjectively. I did too. I really enjoyed it. I like Chris Pratt. I like Jennifer Lawrence. I think it was a good premise. I think it asks good questions and instigates good questions. They make you feel the futility and they make you feel the desire for another person there and everything. Oh, sorry. Quick question. I never asked this. Yes. So they end up living out their days in this place. Do you have a moral responsibility to not have kids? (sighs) I would wait as long as possible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, oh, you could have a kid and put him in the cryo-sleep thing. That is, <laughs> that would be something. I'm not sure if that. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, have a kid. Oh, like at the age of 18? like Right, at the age of 18. It's like going off to college. Exactly. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's, that was the other thing. Actually, my Say wife goodbye and I to mom and dad. Yes, like, yes. Oh, we've trained you. Oh, I like that. See, that you could totally do. And you could have a kid right away, or you could have him in five or ten years, and then raise that the kid. That would make going off to college a lot more important of a decision. Do you want to leave mom and dad forever? <laughs> but imagine that. Imagine, okay, imagine the crew waking up. Someone who's not on the manifesto, I'm sure they have all their DNA there. Right. Is just in a cry of sleep. Like, <laughs> well, you leave a note. This guy? You leave a note taped to the tube. Like, hey, don't forget to wake this guy up. It's my son. You'll, and you know, you die next to the guy. You'll paint it like a like a basket that you leave in an orphanage, but it's the pod. <laughs> it's like a Moses. It's a Moses situation. You put him in the basket. It's a Moses. Down the river, a la space. And uh, yeah, gets to Okay, I do like that. Yeah. If you got us some pods, I do like the idea of like, hey, at any point in time when you're an adult, you can choose to go to sleep and go to this new planet. Now you got to be careful because if, if you have more than one by accident, now you're in trouble. Now you got to choose. Now you have to. Now you have to fight to see who gets the, to the honor dip. of going to Homestead Two. They do the dance battle in the uh, the video game room. Whoever wins, you get to choose. What if your kid wants uh, a spouse? Now we got like a Noah scenario. You got <laughs> You didn't come in. <laughs> you didn't come in with it. Okay. Anyway, sorry. This is no, no, down no, the good, rabbit yeah. hole. Back to your rating. Yes, yes. I'm so sorry. Okay. So from zero to five, Alfreds. Arthur's. I'm going. Oh, sorry, sorry. Zero to five. You're Arthur's. doing a clean cut, aren't you? You don't want your. You're going to hide your shame. Stephen messed up the recording before this. <laughs> never cut all this out. Never forget cut all this out. I'll leave it in, just just because you want <laughs> to, to do show that your time. own foibles. Yes. I'm sorry. As an Enneagram three, that must really hurt to say the wrong word. No, I say it all the time, and you always call me out on it. <laughs> so zero to five, <laughs> Arthur's. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a solid four, Arthur's. I think this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence are good. Mm-hmm. I think this is a fun watch. Again, it has. It's one of those movies that you talk about things after with the people you watched it with. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. It's suspenseful. It's tense. Mm-hmm. It, 
you know, it's futuristic and sci-fi, but I don't think it breaks too many logical laws to make to take you out of the movie. You know, I think it right. builds a consistent world. So I'm, I'm gonna give it four. I, I really enjoyed it. What do you think? Thanks for rating it first. You know how sometimes you need to say it out loud to know if you get like the sinking feeling in a decision. Like <laughs> it's not until you say, "I want to go to Olive Garden tonight." So then you go, "Actually, no, I think about it." I didn't actually want Olive Garden, but I needed to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you good. said four. I was throwing four around in my head, but hearing you say four, I thought to myself, it might be a little bit high for me. So mm. by saying four, I think you have convinced me that three and a half is correct for my <laughs> rating of this movie. I'm going to give yes. it three and a half Arthurs. That's good. Which, to be honest, Arthur only has like half a human body anyway. So <laughs> I feel like that's not breaking convention, Tom. <laughs> so that's good that's three good. and a half i do like i think i would recommend this movie to people yeah i understand why it has kind of this it's sort of forgettable as like a movie it it has some cheesy parts the whole thing with like the fusion right reaction and they like pull the handle really hard while the fire is going and the floating in space it's all pretty tropey in some of these areas and the big like, man, these people falling in love or this romantic connection or some like just attraction because they're the only two people in this world. Yeah. Is at times kind of like, okay, I get it. <laughs> but the whole premise is so interesting that I would want people to watch it just so I could discuss, hey, what would you do? Yeah. Yeah. You were in that if you were in that by yourself. I agree. Great. You know what I think? Oh, maybe not. I don't know about a date movie. I'm trying to think. Serious relationship date movie. Yeah. Where you turn to that person next to you on the couch and say, hey, I wouldn't wake you up. Right. And I, well, actually, I'm trying to think what the more romantic gesture is. I would. No, here's the romantic gesture. <laughs> here's the. I'm, I'm basically like Hitch. I'm like Will Smith right now. If you're on, <laughs> if you're on your fifth date mm. and things are looking great, you watch right. this movie and you turn to them and say, you know what? If your pod um, malfunction, you could wake me up. I think mm. living a life with you on this ship would be a lot of fun. That's good. A lot better than this new planet. That's good. That's a good one. But if it's too early in dating, then uh, you're going to really talk about each other's... Yeah, it's uh, too, it too deep. You don't want to ruin the future of the other person. <laughs> too deep, too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last funny moment in the cafeteria depending on what ticket level you got to be on the ship, you have access to different like drinks. Chris Pratt has only access to like black coffee and Jennifer Lawrence is, can get like a macchiato and the, her breakfast is amazing. I thought that was pretty funny. That was a funny moment. Yeah, that was good. All right, well, real quick, we're going to do our top three stranded movies. Now this is like if someone is stranded on an island, on a spaceship, emotionally stranded, whatever you want. <laughs> they have to be <laughs> stranded in some way. I don't. I don't have any of the last one. Is there any any uh, honorable mentions you want to just say out loud to me so that I can use them as ideas? <laughs> oh, I already have my number one. I just ran across it and I was like, oh, that's definitely my number one for sure. My honorable mention is Waterworld with Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's not a. I don't think I've ever seen that all the way through. It's not a great movie, but I watched it a lot when i was younger and i thought it was kind of fun so do you consider day after tomorrow are they stranded i don't i didn't consider that i, I think 
Is Jurassic Park stranded? Maybe Jurassic Park 3. Right. I mean, there are a lot of movies that are like, we can't get out of here until morning, or we can't leave here until we... Yeah, I think that's different, though. You can use Russell Crowe's Noah if you'd like. No, I'm good. I don't need that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any honorable mentions? (laughs) (laughs) I do. Okay. Honorable mention, I will do Behind Enemy Lines with Owen Wilson. Yes, that is a good one. He hides at some point in time below a pile of bodies. Good scene. And that is a good scene and repulsive. Would you consider I Am Legend to be a stranded movie? Yes, I would. Well, I'm I'm putting that in my honorable mentions also. It's a good one. I think if you're literally by yourself in a place that you're like, can't travel willy-nilly through it, mm-hmm. I think that counts as stranded. Well, I'm going to give you a number three. You ready? All right. Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. With Tom Hanks. Excellent, excellent movie. I think it's pretty safe to say there's it's a stranded movie. They're in space. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's great. I want to see that Apollo 11 one that just came out. It looks pretty good. Mm. But anyway, mm-hmm. give me your number three. Okay. I am actually, I can't believe I'm going to do this. No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I kind of want to put passengers here. Oh, great. There is something about passengers that really, like, really leans into, like, you are truly stranded. Especially the Chris Pratt by himself time. Right. Was a really, like, you're stranded, but because it's a bit of a purgatory feeling of, like, you have some of these luxuries, but you're also by yourself, and you don't quite have all the luxuries. Correct. That's good. But I think I'm going to do that for number three. Okay, that's good. And I'll put passengers in my honorable mentions. I neglected that one, but it belongs there. That's good. Well, my number two is another Tom Hanks movie, Castaway. Mm, that makes sense. I honestly haven't seen all of it, so we've, we've discussed this before. This, yeah, this still boggles my mind. We will need to do this as a movie. It is a good yes. movie. Definitely a career, not a career-making one, but it was a big deal for Tom Hanks to be alone for 45 minutes in a movie. So. And it's very good. Castaway, number two. I'm going to go out of order here for a second and put Life of Pi in my honorable mentions. Yes. I was yes. going to have that number three, but I kind of pushed that down. Mm. That's very, very good raft work. Okay. Uh, but in my number two spot, I'm going to put The Revenant. Ah, that's a good one. Little Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Post bear mauling. I don't, maybe it's more survival than stranded. Uh, I'll allow it. I think it's fair. It feels, it's a different type of stranded. You're out in the, in the snowy forest having just been mauled. That's an intense, intense scene. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I bet you our number ones are the same. No, they're not. Are you sure? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, my number one is the Martian. (gasps) <gasps> is that your number one too no we have like a big hero six phenomenon here i forgot all about the martian see i do i do because the martian wasn't in one of those lists on imdb <sighs> it wasn't i know but i remembered it. it it popped in my mind i said no that's probably the best stranded movie most enjoyable matt damon does an amazing job yeah martian is my number one okay I'm going to rejigger my list. Push passengers <laughs> off. Back to honorable mentions. We're going to go with Revenant number three. Okay. 
I'm going to put The Martian as my number two. Okay, very good. And now for my number one. Yes. I Am Legend. Mm, that's high up there. There are certain, like, a good stranded movie will put you into that scenario and make you think, could I stay sane? Could I survive? What would I do? Now, The Revenant probably couldn't survive too much. Martian, I think, <laughs> eh, if, maybe if I had all the skills, like, all right, I'm with you, Matt right. Damon. Like, let's do this together. Let's grow the potatoes. <laughs> I am legend. When he drives like crazy, just bowling over the little zombie guys. Yeah. And you think he's, like, going for his, going out for like, the final ride. Right. That is one where his survival is so foreign to me because I don't know how I would. If I lost a dog, I would be done. And when the dog runs into the building uh, it, to kind of where, like, the zombie people are, I'd be like, sorry, dog, we're done yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for that sure. that really, I think, and the the worn down New York, yeah, gave me the feeling of like you are alone in this world and danger is everywhere. Yes. And I feel like they're the reason I put that above the Martian because they're close. Is that Martian has a little bit less danger of monsters, right? And being stranded plus there being some sort of hostile force, yeah, moves it up a bit. So. It ratchets up the uh, the risk level. Yeah, that's exactly. good. That's good. All right, listeners, if you haven't yet, give us five star rating in Apple Podcasts. Please check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Movies on the Side. If you want all the amazing bonus Duke's Mayonnaise talk, patreon.com slash movies on the side. Join us. And you can see just how far the rabbit hole you're willing to go. Smooches. Good night.